Hey, Beth, good morning. How are you? Hey, good. But I'm going to be on mute. I've got a crazy things going around my house with yard people and cleaning person. So you'd have a lot of background noise. So I'm going to probably just mute most of the time. No problem. Did you read the book or listen to it? I did not. I did. No, no, and no. Sorry. Oh, you have to read it or listen to it. You will love it. Absolutely. I will. I just, yeah, no, I'm, I'm way behind. I've actually got a couple I'm listening to now on Audible and, um, but I'm, what are you, I'm behind what are you on all of those. What are you listening to now? I'm going back and re-listening. There's a book. There's Peter Bregman had a couple books I like. Four Seconds was one. Mm -hmm. And I'm going back as I'm taking my walks. I'm listening to that one right now. Well, I am telling you, this guy really, I think, has the recipe to happiness in life. Okay, I'll have to listen to that. That's kind of what the Peter Bregman books are about, actually. They're, they're kind of along those lines. Um, or the other one, I'm blanking out on the other name. Um, it's kind of the precursor to Four Seconds. But I'll, I'll, I look forward to listening to, to what everybody says. Yeah, I, uh, I, I almost would like to, I don't read, typically read books a second time. It's, you know, I just don't, because there are so many I want to read that I, you know, but um, I kind of miss this one. I love this one so much that I rolled right into living with a monk and that wasn't as good. I really would like to go back and listen to this one again. I loved it so much. Oh, wow. Okay. It, we'll have I, that on my list. I loved how to split the difference or, or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, never split, yeah, never split the difference. Yeah. But um, that was more of a, an educational academic. This one yeah. was so much fun. So much fun. Ah, interesting. Really kind of gave me a whole different uh, outlook on life. So, um, okay. I hope that some of the other people on the call read it or listened to it so they have feedback also. I, okay, I don't think I have it in my library. Cool. Yeah. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Todd. How you guys doing? Doing great. Awesome. I'm looking up Peter. Uh, 18 minutes, four seconds, leading with emotional courage. Yeah. 18 minutes is the other one. Yeah, that's trying to, that I was blanking out on. So yeah, I've got those. I've read and listened to both of those. They're, I like him a lot. He's good. Okay, I'll check him out. Okay. Hi, Josh Dreyer. We are going to start in 10 seconds. Todd, how's Marilyn doing? Numbers are way down. It's going great. That's good. How is everyone? Is everything open? Uh, I'd say halfway. That's great. That's great. Are you checking back up in Florida? We are. We are, unfortunately. But uh, they better not close us again. That's all I can say. That better not happen. I hear you. I thought it was very interesting that New York is going to start quarantining or stopping people from coming from Florida into New York. I read that in the paper today. We want all the New Yorkers to come here. We don't want them to bring any, you know, COVID with them, but we would love for them to all to move down here. Come on down.
population growth helps everything. All right, it's 1131, let's get started. So today's book club call is uh, Jesse Itzler's Living with a Seal. I absolutely loved, loved, loved this book. I did not read it, I listened to it, which I even loved better because Jesse himself was the narrator. Uh, Jesse, for those of you that don't know, is married to Sarah um, from Spanx. I blanked out on her last name. Uh, what is it? Blakely. Sarah Blakely, who's the owner of Spanx. She is not a public company. She's never brought inside, you know, outside her money in. So she owns it. It's a you know billion dollar company. And Jesse uh, started out as a rapper, funny, since my son is, and uh, then like rose to fame when he created the song, We Love the New York Knicks or something like that. And then he started a private jet company, which he ended up selling to uh, Warren Buffett. And then he uh, started a coconut water company and ended up selling that to either, I think, Coke or Pepsi. So, th th you know, they're very, very, very successful. So he believes that you have to live life every day to the absolute fullest. And if you aren't, if you are on Instagram and you follow people, definitely follow him and his wife. They have four kids. They have a 10 year old and then three kids, I think under the age of five. And they are hilarious. They definitely should have their own show. <laughs> um, and I think he just announced that he is gonna start a radio show, which I'm very excited about because they're just hilarious. They make me laugh out loud every day. Uh, so Jesse um, decides he's at, I guess he runs a lot of marathons and a lot of um, these, um, these uh, physically challenging body impacting races. And he was at one of them and he saw this guy and he like, he goes, we get there. It's going to be this 20 and I'm, I'm not going to get all the details right, but it's, you know, this 24 hour race and you race until you hit 100 miles. So he goes, we get up there and we set up our tents and we have our water jugs and all of our snacks and our fruit and we've got timers and people, like he goes, I have this whole entourage and I see this guy sitting in a lawn chair with like no shoes on. And I, I'm looking at him thinking, you know, I don't know, like he's just there to cheer on somebody. And he turns out that he's a runner in the race and that he runs the whole thing. And I'm pretty sure it was either falling apart shoes or barefoot. And um, so he's so blown away by this guy that, uh, you know, a week later, they, he finds out who he, who he is. He tracks him down, calls him up. I guess he's in LA, they're in New York. And he says, can I fly to, New to LA for a 30 minute meeting with you? And the guy says, you know, yeah, it's your dime, whatever. So he flies, so Jesse flies to, New to LA and he meets with this guy who he calls in the book SEAL because he was a Navy SEAL. And um, 20 minutes into the meeting, he says, will you come live with me for 30 days and my family? 
And that, you know, and it's very funny how he says when he goes home and tells Sarah, Sarah goes, how is the meeting? And he goes, well, honey, we're going to have a house guest for 30 days. So, um, the, so Seal comes and lives with him. And basically, Jesse says, I want, and, and the guy is ripped. And Jesse just likes to push himself physically. And he says, I just want to live with you. And I want you to kind of assess how I am physical fitness wise and give me some pointers. Well, no one, uh, so he, he quickly learns that Seal, you know, is a no BS guy. And I think he shows up the first night at 1130, you know, he goes in his little, they give him this little room, this bedroom. And um, they say that they never see him eat. It's like bizarre, but the, like he says, I'll see you at, you know, zero six, 100 hours or something, you know, 6 a.m. And, you know, Jesse comes out, it's like 6.05 and Seal's like, you know, when I say 6.06, 100 hours, I mean 06, 100 hours. And that basically he, and he, Seal like hardly ever speaks for 30 days. He like kind of grunts and he says like sayings, um, puts Jesse through the ringer over 30 days. And, uh, and there's so many lessons in the book, but basically seal believes in zero excuses like zero excuses like one of the quotes is so he says jesse says they're like i think they're on a trip uh and jesse says hey seal i've got to go you know check on this you know business deal and they go and after the business meeting seal goes okay we're gonna go we got to do our run like every day they're supposed to do you know i guess 10 10 miles or something of runs and seal says jesse says seal i have a problem and he goes, I didn't bring any extra underwear. And Seal says, so what? And Jesse says, I can't run without underwear. And Seal says, nah, bro, you can't run without legs. It's on, let's go. So, and so basically Seal does not allow Jesse to have one iota of an excuse. At one point they get up and it's 14 degrees out in New York. And Jesse says, hey Seal, I don't have any gloves. And Seal says, Seal says, um, why do you need gloves? He goes, he goes, man, I may need to borrow some gloves. I'm going to mute. Hold on. Hold on. Did I get everyone? Okay. So he says, man, I may need to borrow some gloves. Uh, you, he, let me see. I'm trying. It says, man, I may need to borrow some gloves, says Seal. You may need gloves? Yeah, or some kind of mittens or some shit like that. That's it. Only gloves? That's it. It's 14 degrees out, I say. To you, it's 14 degrees because you're telling yourself it's 14 degrees. No, it really is 14 degrees. Like, that's a real actual temperature outside. It says so on my computer, Jesse says, and he goes, it's on. So the entire book there is not one excuse that Seal allows Jesse to like fall into, which is, is um, amazing because we all, no matter who we are, we create excuses. Like I was supposed to get up and walk today and it's cloudy out. And I decided that, you know, if I start walking my four miles, I'm going to get caught in the rain. So I didn't go walking like that would have never happened if I was with Seal. Not that I would ever bring Seal to live with me for 30, for 30 days. So then 
Jesse, so Jesse learns that being that to be uncomfortable is the way to live life. So he says, um, so he says, uh, most of my success in life has come from learning how to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And, and Seal says, every day you do something, you need to do something that makes you be uncomfortable. And if you don't challenge yourself, you don't know yourself. So um, this whole idea of being uncomfortable, and a lot of times for us, that is prospecting, right? Like we're like, okay, we should prospect, but what if they hang up on us? Or what if we go canvassing? And what if they you know, give it, are, are rude to us or kick us out? That's all very uncomfortable. But we need to be comfortable doing things that are uncomfortable, and that will, that's what's going to cause the growth and, and create the growth. And that's talked about all through the book. Uh, Jesse actually has a, has a class that Josie took. Josie and I saw Jesse speak at a conference a year ago, February. We both fell in love with him and she signed up for his course. Uh, I'm gonna put her on the spot. Josie, what was the name of the course? BYLR, uh, Build Your Life Resume. And was part of that course you wanting to buy an RV? Yes. And have you bought the RV? Yes, I have. So tell us about the core. Tell us about Jesse. I mean, I, you know, we're going a little off topic, but you, you have you ever read the book or did you, you just took his class? No, I, I did read the book and I took the class. Um, and it, it, his entire class is just about exactly what you were talking about. Like, you know, go for it. No excuses. Um, you know, just dream big and, and as long as, as long as you make steps towards it, you're going to achieve what you want. You just got to keep going. That's, that's this of his message. No excuses. And then he says, like he, he, uh, this is, this is the other thing he's, where, I got to find this quote. This is, this is great. This is, and this, I try to remember this. It's, so, it's very hard. Hold on. Um, Where is the quote? Basically, it is when you think you're done, you're only, this, and this is like, like a Harvard study or something, you know, to do with like some really, really smart place did a study on this. When you think you're done, you've only, you're only at 40% of your capacity. Oh, here it is. When you think you're done, you're only at 40% of what your body is capable of doing. That's just the limit that we put on ourselves. I mean, that is mind blowing. So here's a real life example. Before COVID, I worked out at a gym with a trainer three days a week for strength training. And my trainer every day as I'm leaving says, now you go do cardio, Beth, you go do cardio. I'm like, okay, I'll try. And I would like go out into my neighborhood and he, oh, he said, just do a mile. I'm happy if you just do a mile. And I would try to do a mile and I could never do the mile. I could never finish the mile. I always stopped myself. It was like of the hundred times I would go walking in my neighborhood, 95 times I would stop at three quarters of a mile. So now we're in COVID and we're all sitting at home and now I'm not working out at the gym and I'm eating and I'm gaining weight and I'm like, I gotta do something. So about two weeks into COVID, I'm walking in my neighborhood 
and I and at one point I said, you know what, I'm going to leave my neighborhood and go walk a path outside my neighborhood. And the next thing you know, I walked 3.2 miles and it blew my mind away. And I, I thought about Jesse's book and I thought about all the time, you know, just taking a different path. And I, because I knew the path in my neighborhood, I knew where the mile ended and like what, where I needed to go, turn around and come back. And this new path, I didn't know. It was an unknown. I had never walked the path. So I didn't know where the mile ended, started, whatever. And I get home and I'm thinking, I am exhausted. I wonder how much, what, how far I went. And I was shocked that I went 3.2 miles. And it goes back to what he talks about is we put these self-limiting beliefs in our head and it, it really hurts us all from reaching our goals. I had a leasing agent years ago who um, was with me about three or four years, hits a hundred grand and literally it's at a hundred grand for three years. And I met with him during his goals meeting and I'm like, what is going on with you? Everyone else, you know, you're better than half of my, I've got 12 leasing agents. Why are you plateaued at a hundred grand? You, you've got people not as good as you at 125 and 150. But he, we kind of, you know, delved into it and he just always believed his parents did not make a lot of money. And he had this magic number in his head. I want to hit a hundred grand. I want to hit a hundred grand. I want to hit a And when he hit a hundred grand, he was content and he didn't believe in himself that he could do more. And once we kind of unwrapped that and talked about it, the next year he got, he hit 150 and I'm, I, he's still in the business. And I think he's consistently doing probably 300 grand. So it's very detrimental for all of us to put negative beliefs in our brain and in our head. It really is. And I got off a coaching call this morning with a woman who um, I said, you know, she's got a ton of business. She's doing great, but her um, she's she, her she's lacking organizational skills. And I and I know what she's making. And I said, you can completely afford to hire someone. And she goes, no, my daughter says that. Um, what did she say? My daughter, so my daughter said there aren't people that there aren't people in the world that I could hire that I'd want to hire. Like I'd be looking for this person and they don't exist. And then my son told me that I wouldn't be a good trainer. And I said, both of those things are BS. And I said, you're going to do this, this, and this. And the next time we talk, you're going to have hired someone. You know, why are you, first of all, how old are you? You know, she was in her fifties. How old are your kids? They're in her twenties. Stop listening to your kids and go, you know, you're, if you've got all this business, you're turning down business because you're the one man show you need to hire. I said, I said, you know who Josie is. I would do nothing without Josie. Like, like I, I could not do 30% of what I do without Josie. Go find the person you will. Now, maybe you won't find the person the first go around. Maybe it will be the wrong person, the second person, but eventually you'll find this person and you'll figure out how to train them and get them to work for you. So, um, but this, this whole thing, most of the book talks about how, and, and Jesse Itzler is by no means a guy that has self-limiting beliefs. So for a guy like him, to have a guy like Seal challenging Jesse 
on self-limiting beliefs as you're reading the book and you're realizing about this guy, Jesse, who's very open-minded. I can do anything. I'm going to climb mountains. I'm going to run hundred mile marathons. I'm going to, you know, he the story he has about, um, about uh, the, um, the jet company. He, he says, here I am, me and these two guys, and we're in this, in this corporate boardroom trying to get this guy to give us airplanes. And we don't own an airplane. You know, we've never owned a company and we're trying to convince him to give us a fleet of airplanes to start our company. And, and he goes, he said, he said, I don't know if he said this in the book, but he, I've definitely heard this in his speeches where he says, if there isn't a seat at the table, make one, which again, great advice. I, uh, I emailed someone yesterday, a head of a huge company. I have an idea and, um, and I, I try to not have self-limiting beliefs, but it's just so natural. And I'm like, and I'm literally saying to myself, well, I can't email that person. Like, first of all, they'll never email me back. And who am I? And yada, yada, yada. And I said, well, and then I heard myself saying, don't say no for the prospect. So I went to LinkedIn. I looked him up. I wasn't a connection. I asked him to be a connection. The connection is pending, but I can DM him because I have LinkedIn premium. So I DM'd him and I said, hey, um, I gave a, a statement of, I, I've been this, I have this idea. Uh, can we talk about it? You know, here's my cell phone number. And within eight hours, the guy writes back and said, sounds interesting, let's set up a call. And now we have a call set up for Monday. So um, we, so it's just so, so important if you are the kind of person who, and again, I don't think I have self-limiting beliefs, but it's just so natural. We have, we're either listening to people that are helping us add self-limiting beliefs, or we've grown up in an environment I had a, my, my parents were great. My dad was a dreamer and my mom was a worry wart. Thank God I got more of my dad than I got of my mom, but we do grow up in environments or spouses or friends who are negative Nellies in our life. And if you are that person, or if you have uh, the chance to fall into that, I can't highly recommend the, the book enough because you are any he, he's just the funny it's the the stories between the two of them are laugh out loud funny so i'm going to stop talking for a second anyone on the call read the book and if so unmute yourself and tell me what you think paul says there's a major difference between an excuse and an explanation excuse i think i think all explanations are excuses frankly but i you know i i'm kind of tough you know i have kids that call me that want to shadow me and they say, they email me, text me or call me and go, what's your address? Or they're going to be late and then they show up and then they give me an excuse of why they're late. And maybe the excuse was an explanation, but I, I still say, don't even, just don't be late. If you're not uncomfortable, you're not stretching yourself a hundred percent. So has anyone on the call read the book? Josh Dreyer, did you read the book? I have not. So none, none of you have read, I'm, Alana Hogan, have you read the book? I just ordered it. <laughs> from my, from my uh, euphoric description of it? Yeah, no, it's, it sounds like it's exactly what I leave, what I need. Stop making excuses and explanations. 
It is so much fun. I'll, so, okay, so no one on the call has read the book. So I, you guys all, and I think, and truly, I don't know if I would have gotten as much out of it had I read it. And I really like reading, but, and, and since COVID, I don't know about you guys, I'm rarely in the car. So um, it's hard for me now. I do, now when I walk my, now I've got, by the way, my 3.6 or my 3.2 is up to 4.2, yay me. But um, I now listen to it when I'm walking instead of driving. But he is just so funny that I highly recommend. And usually what I do is I buy the book and I listen to it. So I have both. So, um, and I didn't do that because I just had so much fun listening to him. So I highly recommend getting the audio. So here's some more quotes. He says, I learned that by constantly doing things that are hard, and making myself uncomfortable, I improve my ability to handle obstacles. I get, and he, he goes back to, I get comfortable being uncomfortable and that's real mental toughness. So those of you on the call that canvas, this is that this is this. So when I'm traveling around the country and I say to people, do you canvas? And they say, no, not really. Um, the ones that are that do canvas and practice canvassing and practice being uncomfortable with with storefronts or with office space or whoever it is you're canvassing, that you do improve your ability in whatever you're doing that's hard, right? So if canvassing is hard and you do it like me, ten thousand hours, it's not hard for me anymore. I can just pick up and go do it. But you know, for me, what's hard is doing an analytical spreadsheet, hate that. And that's hard. And I have to overcome my insecurities about that to sit down and do it. If I'm buying a property, I have to do a financial you know, analysis and I avoid it every, every which way I can, but I do it and I get it done. But the more you do something, the more you put yourself in those uncomfortable positions and in sales, we do that all day, every day, um, it, it gets easier and it absolutely improves your ability to then handle any obstacles that come your way, right? He, um, he says, if you, can, if you can see yourself doing something, you can do it. If you can't see yourself doing something, usually you can't achieve it. And there's a famous quote, I'm not sure one of you probably know who it is, but it's, it's like, if you, think you can, you can. And if you think you can't, you can't. I think it was Benjamin Franklin. No. Oh, who is it? Ford. Oh, Henry Ford? Yeah. I love that quote. I use it a lot. Right. Because it's so true, right? If you think yep. you can't, you're definitely not going to be able to do it. Um, he says, um, so he says, I believe in life resumes, do more, create memories. It doesn't have to be fun. This is another seal quote. It doesn't have to be fun. It has to be effective. So hard, you know, and that's so true. When I now, so uh, about 10 days ago, I said, okay, I've been doing 4.2 miles for four weeks. I need to push myself. Not that the 4.2 was getting any easier, but I wanted to see, you know, how much further I could go. So I ended up doing another mile. So one day I did, I got up to 5.2. Of course, I thought I hit seven miles. 
the way I felt. But it, it just goes to show you that if you would have said to me four months ago, could you walk 4.2 miles on a regular basis five days a week, I would have said, there's no way I can do that. And it's, it's, it's everything that you say that you can't do that you can do. Who, anyone on the call wanna share something that currently you're thinking you can't do and we can be your cheerleaders and help you figure out a way to do it? Anyone vulnerable enough to do that? No. He says, um, he says, the elements are in your mind. Now I never check the temperature when I run. Who gives a crap what the temperature on the computer says? He said, oh, uh, Seal says, coasting is for, let's see, what would be a, a politically correct word for this? Um, weak people. Coasting is for weak people, as Seal would say, and it's when you dig deep that you feel the most alive. He lives his life that way, and some of that has rubbed off on me. He said, Seal says, I don't stop when I'm tired. I stop when I'm done. He, uh, Jesse used to say to Seal, don't, they'd be flying private jets. And, and Jesse would say, Seal, don't you like this life? Like, you know, isn't this cool that we fly in private jets? And Seal says, I don't want the same shit you guys want. I'm not looking for anything else. I'm going to do the same shit I've been doing. He says, only I'm going to do it better. Uh, another quote. Now, so this is, this is back to Jesse. I now finish the first thing on my list with 100% focus and then I attack the next. Uh, prior to living with a seal, Jesse said, would say that he's all over the place. He's doing this, he's doing that, you know, ADHD, and that seal really helped him be more focused and giving it, it, it is all. He has, a, he has a quote I've seen on, he said on Instagram recently, um, focus where your feet are at. So if your feet are in your living room with your kids, focus on that. If you're uh, in a boardroom, focus on that. And he says he and Sarah try to focus where their feet, their feet are. He says, it, Jesse says, if you have a job to do it, you do it with 120% effort. And we can, do, we can all do so much more. Jesse does not eat, he only eats fruits. Uh, Josie, you know this, right? He only need, eats fruits until noon, right? Fruits and vegetables or just fruits? Just fruits. I believe his pick is bananas. Right. He loves bananas. Yeah, bananas. And he only eats fruit until noon. I've, I've tried that a, a couple times. Um, he says, I guess I probably have 30 or 40 years left on this earth. And how many of those am I going to be young enough and healthy enough to do things? I want to experience the best stuff I can. I've never jumped off of a cliff. Maybe I should just jump. He goes, I should just jump off of a cliff because I'm only here once. He also taught, I thought this was interesting. He talked about his parents. And I guess his parents are in their, my guess is their 70s, 70s or 80s. And he said, I've realized that if my parents live to the average lifespan of, you know, whatever he said, 84, 
that I may only have eight more Christmases left with my parents. And he said, doesn't that put that in perspective? And he said, reverse engineering that, that, and I, I've heard people say that before with kids that are like 15, you know, if my kids go to college when they're 18, I have three more summers left with my kids before they may never come back home after college, right? So I, I, a lot of times we're going, 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 going. Someone just posted on Facebook yesterday, a friend of mine, she said, I don't know where the last three months went. You know, I've been at home for three months. It has flown by when we first were sheltered at home and they said two weeks and two weeks turned into 30 days. And now it's been three months. She says, I, it, it has just evaporated so quickly. And so time, time is, you know, it just goes in, in a second. And Jesse said, reverse engineering it and thinking about it in terms of, you know, I see my parents, you know, Christmas every year and maybe one other time a year. That uh, when, he, when he sat down and thought about, I may only have eight more times I'm gonna see my parents, he said that he and Sarah talked about it and that he made an effort that he's gonna try to see his parents two extra times a year besides Christmas. So if there's someone in your life that that's the timeline you're looking at, you know, that was, I thought that was interesting, interesting advice from him. So uh, Josie, what else did you learn from the class? While I'm looking for some other quotes I wrote down. Uh, it's been a little while, so I kind of forget a lot, but um, the, one of the first things that he was talking about was uh, the ride on the bus, which it was a metaphor, obviously. Um, he's like, when you're on the bus, you keep looking forward, you never look back. So that was a big thing. Like you do not dwell on the past, do not dwell on mistakes, do not dwell on things that happened before. You have to keep looking forward and you can't just stop the bus and get off. You just keep going. That's, that's the whole thing about his class was just don't stop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, have you guys, have you guys, um, some, and I know some people that have re read this book have, I guess the, I guess Seal's real name, I'm not sure, a hundred, yeah, it's, I think it's David Goggins. And other people I know have read, have gone on to read David Goggins' book, which I have not read. Um, and people uh, say that that one's good, you know, excellent as well. After I read this book, I read Jesse's book, Living with a Monk, which wasn't as good as Living with a Seal, but it was still good. I mean, the fact, I mean, it, it's crazy that this guy can just, you know, leave, I think he left his family. In that case, he only left for two weeks, but he went to live with monks. He's just the funniest guy. It's like, it's like having a comedian in your ear. Um, I'm looking for some other quotes. Hold on. So speaking of uh, looking ahead, we've all had probably, my guess is a reset with our goals, right? 2022.0. What, how are you guys, who wants to speak up about how you've been, how you've been changing or how you have changed your goals going forward for the rest of 2020? Cammie, did you change your goals for the second half of 2020? Um, 
I mean, not really. My goals are still pretty much the same. I, you know, right now I am still doing what I've always been doing is calling people. I'm just kind of changing the nature of the calls instead of coming out of the gates asking somebody if they're expanding or relocating or what have you i just start the conversation asking them how they're doing what they're seeing in the market um you know and then kind of segueing into maybe their future plans so in that respect i've changed course um i'm also trying um i told you yesterday i'm trying that hey, I'd like to come and meet with you and maybe do a little video, get your take on um, how business is going, how you've adapted to this new normal, new environment, what are you doing? So I got, I got one feedback, I got a yes. Yay. Um, I reached out to somebody in Weston, they, they said no, not right now, because they're really busy getting back up and running, but I should call them back in a month. So that that's the course and that's how I've changed. Right. So, so if you say, if, if in February, your goals were to sign 20 leases in 2020 and you just lost three months, you're, you still have the goals to lease 20, 20 deals in 2020. I'm more focused on the process. Uh, uh, I'm more focused on process and not focused so much on the deal count. Got it. Well, I, good luck on those on those interviews. I did um, yesterday wings and things in Cooper City, and I was on my way to do axe throwing last night when I ran out of gas in the rain in a Costco parking lot. So don't even go, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> so You've been to axe throwing yet? No. So uh, I, yeah. So I was. That was your first one. It was going to be my first one. And then I have um, a Rojo Kitchen, which I think is a caterer. I don't know what he is, but I'm doing, so I have like three lined up. Mm -hmm. But so I don't talk, when I do my tenant, you know, I'm doing, I'm calling about these interviews. I really kind of avoid the whole COVID thing. I just say, I want to get more exposure for your business, bring you more, get your customers to come back, all positivity. Uh, and I find that they, you know, I, they don't really like to talk about COVID, so I try to avoid it, just FYI. Right. Um, um, the, email, the email that I've been sending, it doesn't really address, it, it mentions COVID, but it's more about what you just said. It's more about getting you exposure um, and getting the word out that you're up and open and you know ready for business, that kind of thing. Awesome, awesome. Um, so I wanted to, in the beginning of the book, I wanted to come back to this. So the very first thing that uh, the SEAL guy and Jesse did was they did a pull-up test. You know, pull-ups. I can't even do one pull-up. I tried to go into my gym as I was reading this book to see if I could do a pull-up. I couldn't even do one pull-up. He says, he says to, to Jesse, do as many pull-ups as you can in one minute, or I, I guess in one set. And Jesse gets to eight. And then um, he told Jesse to take a 30 second rest and do it again. This time Jesse got to six. Goggins told him to do it one more time and Jesse squeezed out three more before calling it quits. Goggins told Jesse they were not leaving the pull-up bar 
until he did a hundred more. A hundred additional pull-ups. The 40% mindset is what, and this was what, when he, they started talking about the 40% mindset, Jesse did the hundred reps, but he did them one at a time. So he would do one, he would rest, and then he would do another one, and then he would rest, and he eventually got all 100 done, which again, he could not believe that he did 100 pull-ups because he thought, okay, I can do eight, I'm good. <laughs> this was the test. And the guy goes, oh no, you're not leaving until you do 100. And throughout the book, by the end, you know, he's doing 100 pull-ups like no problem. But this, again, and he said, I know you can do it. You know, I, I, I tell a story about, I had knee surgery a couple years ago. And, um, and I had knee surgery, you know, you, you, you have like two days to recover and they want you in physical therapy. So I go to my physical therapist and I'm on the table and the guy says, okay, bend your knee. And I'm like, well, I can't, I can't bend my knee. He goes, bend your knee. I'm like, Ben, I cannot bend my knee. He's like, no, no, you can, you can bend your knee. And I'm like, I cannot bend my knee. One second. What? Uh, okay. The car K because the, car? Yeah, yeah. I cannot bend my knee. And um he says, Beth, I am your physical therapist, just, and you can bend your knee. I am right here. Let's just bend it a little bit. And I'm literally, tears are in my eyes. I haven't moved my leg. And I am all about how this is going to be outrageously painful because I just had knee surgery. So we start moving my knee, and I literally get my knee almost at, to 90 degrees. And... I'm just looking at this guy in, ast in astonishment. I said, I, I told you you could bend your knee. I, I went into my car and I did a video on Facebook and I was just, I'm like, I had tears. I was shaken up because it was such a clear example of how the brain and the mind, it, it, yeah, I would have paid someone $1,000 on a bet that my knee would not bend all on the power of the mind and that what what is that doing to stop us in our lives what is that doing a lot right sean absolutely yeah right did you you didn't think you just took your real estate test did you think you were going to pass it easily or did you think this might be hard I thought it might be hard. I overstudied because I knew it was going to be like a big challenge and I wanted to get it done the first time. So I really knocked it out of the park, but it was, I didn't, even up to the last second, I was still, yeah, I wasn't sure, <laughs> you know, so. Really hard and that you really had, like I said, you should come do me really hard for my real estate test. I'm like, he's really overthinking this. But you had in your brain that it was going to be hard, super hard, and it wasn't as hard as, it, as you thought, right? Wasn't as bad. Oh. Once you get it and you get to that point, you're, you're good. You just got to get to that point. Hello? Josie, can you hear me? Hello? Cammie? Anybody? I can, 
kind of slow. Yes, I can hear you. I can Excuse hear you. Me. Can you hear I me? I can hear your mic's working. <laughs> I bet. You can't hear us. Hello, hello. We can hear you. <laughs> you can hear me. Oh, okay. I don't know why I can't hear you guys. All right. So um, anyway, I think Sean thought it was going to be a lot harder than it turned out to be. So what are you got right? You know, I want you guys, if you don't want to speak up and now I can't hear you, so it doesn't matter, write something down. There are nine of you on the call. Every one of us should write one thing down that we are telling ourselves that we cannot achieve. And we should go out today and try to make it happen or take the first step to making it happen. Because that's what this book is all about. This book is all about stopping the negative thoughts and the self-limiting beliefs in our head so Barry Wolf, I'm sure you have something you can write down. Alana, I know you can have you have something to write down. What is it in our life that we don't think we can get done and we need to go do it? So that's that's my preaching for the day. So um, I don't know. I can't hear you guys. So now now I'm very uh, sad that I'm missing you guys. I don't know what happened. So that that's kind of the. Um, my comments today on the book, and we're gonna end a little bit early. Uh, Josie, can you speak up and tell them what the, oh, the next book is, um, sorry guys. I'll tell you what the next, unless Josie, you know what it is off the top of your head and the date. No, I'm looking it up. It is an oldie and a goodie. I'm listening to it now. I can't think of the name of it though. It is The Richest Man in Babylon. Okay. The Richest Man in Babylon. I had never read this book before. I'm almost done. It's very interesting by George S. Clayson. And it is on July 24th. And then the one after that is the Lululemon book, Little Black Stretchy Pants. So um, if you guys want to send me the thing you wrote down, the thing that you are, you definitely think you can't move your knee. What is the you can't move your knee thing? And go try to do it and take the next step. And then um, other than that, I love you guys. Have a great summer. Please stay safe and keep reading because reading is leading. All right? Uh, I, will, I can continue. Okay, that's good. Maybe I muted myself. But you guys can hear me. Challenge. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep these and I'm going to follow up with you guys. Love you.